The Philadelphia Flyers had a huge win against the Winnipeg Jets last night, and Russ and I are going to break down everything that happened coming up here on Locked on Flyers. Hello. So I'm clearly not Rachel, but I am still with Russ today. My name is Haley, and we're going to be talking all about the Philadelphia Flyers' recent success. So, Russ, hello. It is good to see you. I know you're out in Michigan, I believe. Yeah, I'm out in Michigan. Uh, There's the All-American Prospects game tomorrow. Well, you know, this gets taped. So today, um, and it's really, um, it's a fun thing. It's going to have a lot of top prospects from the draft. So this is part of my draft stuff that I do. Cool. So we have a lot of good things to talk about, which I'm sure the draft talk will come up to some of this conversation as the Flyers defeated the Winnipeg Jets last night to nothing. So we're going to be talking all about that game. And also a big thing that's been a huge topic in Flyers land is who is the better goalie, Sam Erson or Carter Hart? So we'll be touching on that as well. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, visit, fan, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to guarded. So last night's game, the Philadelphia Flyers 2-0 win over the Winnipeg Jets. I believe this is the first time that the Jets lost to a team in the East this season. So lately, the Flyers have been playing really good hockey, surprisingly, after getting Jamie Drysdale. Are you surprised about this recent success Philadelphia has had, or was it kind of expected? Yeah, I mean, I think it's in the middle. I, I don't think I'm surprised because, you know, they generally play pretty hard. Uh was I surprised Cam Atkinson was the guy that got the two goals? Yes. At this point, you have to be. And that's fine. We're all happy for Cam. Maybe that'll uh, help him out. But the Jets are a tough team. They're a tough team at home. We know all that. So, you know, the Flyers, the thing about the Flyers that makes them weird is they're a better road team than a home team. Like, they've been that way this year. So I don't get shocked when they play well on the road. Like that's something where I feel I feel like they've actually put their stamp more on that as a team than a home team. I do have to say I was a little upset that Konechny did lose his away game point streak last night. I was kind of rooting for that. But Cam Atkinson, it's funny. It was a 26-game drought that he had since he got his last goal, and he was so close to being calling Cam Atkinson last night. <laughs> I was it was Patrick in the third period with the empty netter. I was so disappointed that that didn't go in yeah it happens but I mean he still had a great game he got a power play goal which is less of a rarity now but still it's not great it's it's getting a little better um so that was that was a big deal I mean look Flyers were missing some players Winnipeg was missing two of their big players but really I mean what we're going to get into a little later is the goaltending is probably what won them in the game ultimately yeah absolutely and even last night I have to say I was watching the game. I was also flipping back and forth between football as well. But I was like, this is <gasps> hockey that we're watching now. People are interested, especially non-Flyers fans. I feel like are slowly becoming Flyers fans again. I'm seeing more people wearing their orange and black. But mm-hmm. the most thing about last night's game is that now you're going into St. Louis, being able to say, we took down the top team in the West, which is huge, especially for the Flyers. Yeah. I feel um, Russ and I, we sit next to each other in the press box and I feel like we've watched 
really mediocre hockey throughout the past couple of seasons. <laughs> and now this is a team that is probably the most likely out of any Philadelphia sports teams to be successful in the playoffs. Is that too soon for me to say, though, about the playoff talk? Yeah, it's a little soon for me. You could say it if you want. If you feel that way, you feel that way. I think it's a little soon because of the way the Metro is stacked up. Like, even though the Flyers are, are winning some games here, go look at the other teams. There's like six teams for three spots. I mean, you know, and, you know, as we're recording here, the Rangers won another one. So they, yeah. you know, so the Devils are coming up. The Islanders have stayed in it. You know, all these teams are going to make moves at the deadline, and we're not sure what the Flyers are going to do as far as the deadline, and that's something else that's going to be a decision for them, right? So, you know, right now, hey, John Torrell has got them playing really, really good hockey very disciplined hockey. And, you know, he's taken them further than anybody thought that they could take them this year, but there's still a lot of season left. Yeah, no, and that's a good point. You mentioned the trade deadline and this got me thinking last night, I was watching the game and Sean Walker looked pretty well last night. He was playing a good game. He's been actually holding his own on the ice, which I've been a little surprised, mm -hmm. about. but he's somebody, a lot of talk about trading Sean Walker. So right now I am, Focusing on the players that we might trade. I feel like Mark Stahl is another guy that could be traded. Kim mm -hmm. Adams is a name that's been brought up quite a bit. So mm -hmm. I actually be seeing his success last night because that adds the value. But March 8th is going to really be the tell-all to see what this Danny Breer and Keith Jones uh, partnership will do. And uh, I think the duo right now, they've made some good moves. Obviously, they made the Jamie Drysdale move. And uh, that took everybody, I think, a little bit by surprise just because nobody knew about Cutter's situation. But Jamie was out last night due to a sickness, but he seems to be fine. He was mm -hmm. right on no fumes. Like, Yeah, he I mean, he, he came right in, played right away, started up. He's not used to the cold weather. Like, that was, you know, I can see here. that. I can see that. Yeah, well, it's six degrees. <laughs> yeah, no, not I can see that happening. But I feel like, though, he has made a big difference to this team already. I feel like mm -hmm. it's really found... I don't want to say they found excitement or some kind of motivation within the cutter situation, but they definitely seem to be a little bit more motivated than they were the previous week. And there was a video that got leaked. Well, not leaked. It was that practice, but it was all the guys doing like a Congo line kind of dance. Mm -hmm. Team just seems to be having fun. And when you think about teams that are successful, I've said this before, it's always the teams that have the most fun with each other. Because if you have good team chemistry, that's going to show on the ice. And last night during Cam Atkinson's uh, first goal, the bench erupted when that puck went behind the net in the net. So uh, I think all the guys truly do have each other's best interests. They're all having fun together. And that's being seen. But my biggest takeaway from last night, we're going to talk about this coming up as well, breaking down the game. But my biggest takeaway would be that these guys, they played a tough game. And saying that Philadelphia played a tough game, first off, if you're new here, if you don't watch Flyers hockey, that's a big thing because we've seen this team play lackadaisical um, more so than ever in the past uh, couple seasons. We're playing a full 60. We're not used to seeing yeah. a full 60. Even early in the season, there would be it would be up and down with that. You know, Now we're seeing a full 60, so that's that's a pretty big deal. So I'm with you on that. And, and I think that is one of the takeaways. It is when a team is having fun, that's a big deal. When you get Drysdale, look, you've got him now. You're borrowing against the future when you have him because his contract's up in a couple of years and they'll have to make a decision on him. Just like all these other guys that if we if we wanted to talk about just their RFAs and UFAs going into next year, 
that's part of this puzzle where you have to look at the team and say, how far are we going to go this year? Who do we want to bring back next year? Who's in our future? Who isn't? Because they need to decide that all before the deadline because deals will start to get made before the deadline. Yeah, and that's, I think, the scary part about it is, and I was talking about this with somebody, do the Flyers, I know they're still in a rebuild, and I completely respect it, and I understand the process. I know the longevity of the team, but selfishly, right now, I want to win that cup. I am seeing success on the ice. I know I sound crazy when I say this out loud, but I feel like I'm not the only one that thinks this way. Is it wrong of me to want to get guys that are win-nail type of players or am I still going to focus on the longevity? And I think that's the conflict I'm having. Well, I think your win now player is, is Jamie Drysdale. I don't know if they should do anything else for win now. I think the rest, they should focus on the future. That doesn't mean that's what they'll do. I mean, we don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I don't think it's wrong of you to think about it, but if you were the one in charge and wanted to do that, then I would say, Hey, uh, maybe you want to pump the brakes on that because do you really think in the end, like when Winnipeg gets their players back and the Flyers will get theirs too. Yeah. Do you think they stack up against Winnipeg? Do you think they stack up against the Avalanche? Do you think that, you know, that's what you have to start asking yourself if you're going to start talking, you know, Stanley Cup. Do they stack up against those teams in a seven-game series? Like, that's where things start to change. And I feel like that's the realistic side that you bring to this because I'm unrealistic sometimes where I'm like, oh, they want to <laughs> beat the Jets. Let's go, Stanley no, Cup. You should be happy about it. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. But, I mean, I knew they were without some of their best players last night, and I still was like, okay, this is awesome. This is good. But you make a good point. When you're in those seven-game series, you need to be able to win majority of them. Do I think Philadelphia has that within them? No, they don't have a lot of players with playoff experience. Um, like They've had guys obviously play in the playoffs before, but it's not like they ever went deep to yeah. where they know how to win those games. I'm actually wearing my number nine uh, Jamie Drysdale jersey right now. Yeah, yeah. Nice. You just can't, I can't show you He's the back because then it's not going to say Drawsdale. <laughs> right. So, no, I know that. Um, coming up, though, we're going to be talking about more breakdown of the game last night. And well, I guess now it's Monday. So the game a couple nights ago and what we liked the most about it. But first, I want to tell you all about FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still little time to get in on the action with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explorer tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and it's the best way to find those popular parlays and so much more. So tonight we have the Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do I think you should bet on? Well, I'm going to tell you, I know, don't be mad at me. Not the Eagles or Buccaneers money line. Tonight's a night where you're going to bet on Jalen Hurts throwing over 200 yards. You heard me. I would also take DeAndre Swift for recording more than 70 plus yards. So make sure you do that with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Fandle, official partner of the NFL. That was hard for me to say, by the way. No I would have taken the over because neither team's secondary is great. No, it's going to be a bad game. But at least the Flyers have a good game coming up tonight. So something to look forward to. Eagles. Molly's before the game to get yourself in the mood. That, that's what I think. 
You could always just flip over the flyers, so if the Eagles are not playing well, oh, hockey's on same time. I feel like that's going to end up happening throughout yes. the game. I think it's going to happen for a fair amount of fans. I do. I do too. I've been telling people, I'm like, listen, if this isn't a good game, just watch the Flyers and you'll at least see we'll be entertained with some good hockey as uh, they're taking on the St. Louis Blues, which uh, I know nothing about. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that in the. In the if you know, segment, you know. We'll, we'll do a preview. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you know, you know. Okay. So last night, let's go talk more about this game between the Philadelphia Flyers and the Winnipeg Jets. So one thing Russ and I, we both talked about was Cam Atkinson scoring two goals and one of them being on the power play. So I have to ask you, Russ, we talked about this quite a bit. Do you feel like the Flyers power play is improving or do you still feel like there's a lot of foundational issues and they're just getting lucky? Well, it's improved when Drysdale's out there because the puck movement improves and he's got a great shot. There wasn't Drysdale, but what I felt improved was the hunger for someone to go to the net, and that was Atkinson. Like he, he was finally like, "Listen, I haven't scored in so long. I better get to the net." And you know, and it took a second effort, right, to to get that goal. And I feel like if there was that much hunger for some of the other Flyers to go to the net, they'd probably have a better power play. But but they don't. So then they have to work on the other stuff around the edges and guys shooting. And even something that I harp on this show and, uh, you know, in the press box, John Torrella addressed, you know, Owen Tippett not hitting the net. And, you know, again, we were told a while ago that there's a sign up sheet for with the skills coach that they can work on their shooting after practice. And I'm imploring this guy. He needs to do that. He would he would definitely get eight to ten more goals a year if he could um, do better with that. And the interesting thing about practices that I've been to quite a few recently, and none of the guys really take the time to say after to improve and to work on things, and they just get right off the ice. And yeah. the difference with having maybe a younger team that doesn't have, I mean, they have leaders on the team, but when your guys like a Kim Atkinson, who you should look at as a leader, isn't taking that extra time to improve on his game, that does kind of rub off on some of the other players too. But last night, though, to get that power play goal, Morgan Frost, he had a great assist on that. I mean, he really is the person that drove that to happen. And I feel like having Frosty out on the power play is a huge advantage for Philadelphia. He has a lot of skills that I feel like are not always utilized the most. We know that maybe him and Tortorella are not the best. Yeah, his zone entries are great when they let him do it. His passing is is great when they let him do it. A lot of times he was buried on power play, too, and he – couldn't play. They wouldn't play it that much. Those were things. And then when you see him with Drysdale, there's a lot of skill there, more skill than has been there all year because those are two highly skilled guys. And again, I just felt like early on, some of the fans had sort of turned on on Morgan Frost thinking, oh, this guy's never going to come through and then saw that he was getting scratched. And you can't get caught up in that because this guy does have talent and it's going to emerge and you just, you know, if you're a Flyers fan, you want that to emerge while he's with the team. You don't want that to emerge if they trade him in the offseason and it and somewhere else because it could happen. And that's what we talked about, too, a couple of times is the Morgan Frost being traded or not. And I feel like since Drysdale, I know that Drysdale only played two games. I know that it's not a lot of hockey that he's had wearing the orange and black. But the two games that he's played in, Morgan Frost looks phenomenal on the ice. And I feel like Morgan Frost needed that. He needed a player that was going to help his yes. game. And now that Frost is looking really good out there, you're going to have a hard time saying, oh, this is a player we should trade when he was drafted as a flyer, when he was developed as a flyer. And then you're going to 
seriously let him go because maybe him and Tortorella don't always see eye to eye. I have a really hard time with the idea of some of our younger guys being uh, traded. I do because I understand some of the older All right, guys. So I have a tough question for you. And okay. This is a question I would have for the fan base. The tough question is when Noah Cates comes back, are you putting Noah Cates at 2C or are you leaving Frost at 2C and putting Cates either on the wing or at 3C? Because I think if you want Morgan Frost to really do what he's supposed to do, you leave him alone. But I don't know if that's what the coach is going to do. So that's a tough one because as a fan, I say leave him alone. He's good where he's at now. Now, if I'm John Tortorella, <laughs> I'm not going to care about how Morgan Frost is doing right now, and I'm going to end up putting Katesy there. I think that I'm not saying Tort has these biases with players, but inevitably he does. He has some. He, he has. has a, yeah, it's you can always see it. It's very obvious, actually, but you can tell. And I feel like Cates is a guy that he does like quite a bit, so I feel like he would do that. But I think the fan base, and I know that Torts isn't going to listen to the fan base, but if the fan base does feel this way, it's not a bad thing to speak up and because they do read, you know, what's put out there by the media. Um, I, I think that Torts is going to do what he wants to do, and it may not be in the best interest of Frost, but for how the guys are playing now, I wouldn't really uh, touch Morgan Frost at all. So I wouldn't either, but we'll see because it's going to be a thing in another week or so. Yeah, it's going to be crazy soon. We're nearing the end of January, and then February is going to be all talk about trades. Yeah, it's I mean, happen. they're going to get the bye week, though, you know, with the uh, All-Star game going on. So everybody but Konechny will get a bye. So that's good. Yeah, because the whole All-Star game is literally just Toronto and Vancouver. The fan <laughs> vote was submitted. I kid you not. All it is yeah. is Toronto players and Vancouver players. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, so, there's a bunch of that. But yeah, so what are you going to do? Hashtag fan vote. So last <laughs> night, though, you know who is okay. And I know that this may be something that we're going to talk about a little bit later on, but I have to bring this up because it's been killing me not to. Sam Erson, no, 35 saves. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Sam Erson has been stepping up so much this season, but last night, 35 saves, third shutout of the season. This guy who is between the pipes is playing some phenomenal hockey. And it makes you question a lot about the Philadelphia Flyers right now and how much he should be utilized, when he should be utilized. But finally, the Flyers have good goaltending and people are making it an issue. <laughs> no, it's an issue because, and look, I think he frustrated Winnipeg. That's why I said I felt like he was the difference in the game because there were a couple times when he was very aggressive and Winnipeg was waiting behind him for the puck and he just didn't cough it up or it didn't sneak through. And, and, you know, that's something that, you know, would happen with a lot of goalies. He is still a rookie. So that's an interesting thing. He could get in a call to race, but let's be real right now. Bedard's got a pretty good lockdown on that. And so we'll, um, we'll see, see how long he stays out with the broken jaw. I don't think it's going to be as long as people think. No, but, I mean, they said what, six to eight weeks. Initially. Yeah. It might even be, I, I could see it being six or, or a little less than that with the cage on depending on how, how it's healing but at any rate Urson's doing great now the thing that keeps coming up in my messages mentions all these things is Urson versus Hart it's now becoming a thing because they see that Urson's getting these shutouts and he plays differently than Carter Hart and it doesn't mean you know and it doesn't mean that he's better than Carter Hart per se because he's got more shutouts so we heard I guess 
I want to say it was about two weeks ago where the team was like, hey, Urson's going to play 40% of the time. Now I feel like it's creeping up to 45%. And before we know it, it's going to be 50. And so the question is, Carter Hart's, you know, got one more year. You know, he's got an RFA uh, year coming up where that's it. You just you make him an offer or you extend them uh, and you give him the one year and then you extend him beyond that if you want. That's where he's at. So it's like, are you going to give Carter Hart just that one year and see what he can do and risk him leaving or maybe even trade him at the deadline? Or are you automatically extending Hart, you know, beyond next year? I don't know. I mean, you got Sam Urson. I brought up on other shows. You got Kolosev, who, you know, could be a factor in like two years. It's a legit thing to, to start thinking about. And they probably won't do anything at the deadline now, but they could do something at the draft. And so that's something where you, you have to, I feel like, again, since you are a developing team, you have to basically see what Urson can do. Like really give him the 50-50 because – you know, maybe he can pull what what people think he can do, and maybe he can be a number one. If it turns out, out that way, it's going to be similar to when the Rangers had Shesterkin and Georgiev, right? Georgiev yep. is now with, with with the Abs, and he's a number one there. And so, you know, the Flyers could do it in reverse here and, and you know, keep the backup. So I think that's something they're going to have to think about. I would have never suspected this, by the way. I always liked Felix Sandstrom a lot. He was the guy that I was rooting for. I mean, he's with Lehigh right now. But I never thought it was going to be Sam. And then evidently after, you know, camp this year, Sam proved to be the better guy. And uh, I wrote about it a year ago. Um, You didn't know me a year ago, so you wouldn't have gone to my website. But I did think that Ursan was ahead of Sandstrom at that time, just slightly. I felt like he had moved ahead. And now I, I think he's moved further ahead. It's not all Sandstrom's fault. He hasn't had a lot of opportunity this season. Let's be fair about that with the way that he was handled. But he is still better at this point. So, yeah, this is a good problem to have. All right. So coming up, we're going to talk more about this goaltending. I don't want to say problem, but goaltending controversy between these two goalies and uh, previewing tonight's game. But first, we have game time. So I'm going to tell you about Game time. So I like to go to a lot of sporting events, concerts, and game time makes it so easy because you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time has those killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guaranteed. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. So, game time, one thing I really like about game time, and I know I say this all the time, is the flash deals and the zone deals. That is right. So you can get even more discounts when you're already getting discounted tickets. It is unbelievable what game time does. So game time also has deals and they have tickets right up to when the event begins. So if you want to wait in the parking lot and then get your ticket as the event's beginning, do that because you will get even better deals. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So besides the goalies that we're going to be talking about, we also have a game tonight um, in St. Mm-hmm. Louis, Missouri, and it's against the St. Louis Blues. And uh, 
I laugh a little bit as I'm wearing my Flyers jersey, but I also am the host of a Locked On Blues. So for me, this is a game that I had marked in my calendar for quite a while. And I'm going to talk about this from a Flyers perspective, obviously. This is Locked On Flyers. I'm a Flyers fan. Everybody that knows me on Locked On Blues knows that. Yeah, but you have Blues knowledge, so you know, let yeah. it all bleed in. I think for okay, so I think for Philadelphia, this is a big game too, final game of this road trip, and they kind of need this win, right? You're going against a competitive Metropolitan. You're going to be coming home and playing Dallas on Thursday, and they're a really tough team. The Blues are not as tough, so I do think for Philadelphia, it would be very beneficial for them to get this win tonight. And I think that the Blues, you know, kind of like Philly, they struggle in that power play. They've had a successful game against the Bruins where they did get, uh, yes, two power play goals, actually. So they moved up a little bit. I know I'm always looking at the standings and rankings with everything because I can't help it. But they do have a better power play right now than Philadelphia does percentage-wise because they did shake things up a little bit with their power play. Kind of like how Philly did, right? Mm -hmm. They send their guys to the nets waiting for those rebounds. And it's a very simple formula. Hockey isn't a confusing sport. They brought in Brad Richards as a video coach to kind of be an extra set of eyes. Right. Yeah. And and Brad Richards is a pretty smart guy. It does help. It it does help. But I do think when you compare these two teams, the Flyers should have an easy win against St. Louis. I don't think it's going to be a tough game at all. Who's going to be in net for St. Louis? Joel Ho- Joel Hofer will be Hofer. in there. So that, that helps a little bit because I yeah. think Bennington's had a pretty good year. Um, I think the issue with this game is, and I'm going to just come out and say it, normally this would be Carter Hart's game in the rotation, but I don't know how you take Urson out when he had a shutout. Like I, I know guys are used to having a rotation, but I'm saying you're going to have to use Urson in this game because I don't know how you take him out. So I'm going to say it's an Urson game. Uh, you know, there's always a chance of a Braden Shen revenge game. It's been a long time, but, you know. It's too long for – and Kevin – I wouldn't say Kevin Hayes. Now, Kevin Hayes, that's something else here because that's – now you're digging because with Kevin Hayes now, this could be a, a factor because <laughs> I have a feeling he's going to be very fired up for this game. I do too, and he did get a goal last night against the Bruins and – uh He's been playing better. And when I mean better, it's not like he's playing good hockey. He's been playing better hockey. I right. don't see Kevin Hayes uh, playing a good game against Philadelphia. He's in that third line. Um, yeah, but they're going to be feeding him the puck. Like, I'm pretty sure they're going to like him or try to get him to make a statement uh, in this game. I, I, I'm i just – I did – See, by the way, I did see the picture of Buchnevich. Um, He's Russian. Why should he be worried about the cold? Unless he lived in like Sochi where it's warmer there, right? So I don't know. That was weird. Yeah, I posted that picture because I was cracking up. I'm like, isn't he from Russia? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, this is a little dramatic. I know it's very cold right now. Bundle up. (laughs) That was a little dramatic. He is a guy that does does well against Philly, though. He's played a lot against Philly in his career. Yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah, so that's – I don't think this is a gimme for the Flyers. I think this is another one where don't feel – you know, this is where it's going to be a test for the coaching staff that the team doesn't feel so great about beating Winnipeg and they don't lose sight of, of beating St. Louis here. That's I think that is – there is there is a, a factor there. See, I'm too confident right now because <laughs> after that yeah, game – Yeah, I, I, would, I wouldn't even play you because you're overconfident. 
And that's the issue. I'm excited. This is the first time where I'm like, okay, wait, I'm really excited about the future of this team. Being but excited's good. But yeah, I just think they need to the reality really make of sure. It. Yeah, the reality of it is they need to, you know, make sure, especially early in this game. And I think Hofer's a talented goalie. So yeah. I don't think even the easiest thing that he he is in there. He's been having a, I know this is not the most important sack, but his winning percentage is better than Bennington right now. He's also been in games where. Is he better at home or better on the road? He is better on the road. Okay. But with that being said, he has been on a bit of a hot streak lately and he has been playing really good lately. So I would say that if I had to choose, it's kind of, it's funny. I feel like Philadelphia and St. Louis are very similar in terms of what's going on with these two teams besides getting the new coach midseason, which the Blues had to get. Um, yep. I do feel like, though, that Hofer this season has been playing better than Bennington this season. So it's that same question with the backup and the starting goalie. So that's why if, you know, Sam's a net tomorrow night, Sam Harrison's a net and Joel Hofer's a net. I don't see it as two backups playing. I mean, I know that's what it is, but no, I know they're one A's. I think they're safe to say these guys are one A's at this point. Yeah. And that's how you have to look at it. But I do think Philadelphia, I mean, if they get this win and they come back from this road trip successful, then okay. Then I guess it's okay to be overly confident. But Dallas, you have to be prepared though for oh, yeah, Dallas. Against Dallas they're a big because- team. The Flyers still have trouble with big teams. Yep, and that's what they are. They have those veteran players, the younger guys. And in the beginning of the season, I said if there was one team I could predict to win the Stanley Cup, it would be Dallas. I truly think that they're a team, especially in the second half, that they're going to explode in the in a good way, not a bad way. Yeah. That's imploding. Not we don't want to implode. Um right. well, I don't care. But <laughs> I do think that that's a challenge. So getting as many points as you can at this point in the season is the most crucial thing. And I wouldn't be upset with this game going to overtime. I think anytime you can get one point, obviously you want two points, fine, I'll take it. But right now, you cannot come off of having, and this is so Philadelphia, you come off of having a great game against Winnipeg, beating them, shutting them out, to then having, and I'm not saying this is going to happen. I don't want this to happen. But you're saying it out loud. Like, why are you doing that? Well, I'm not, I, you know what? <laughs> you make a point. Just say it. It's too late now. You yeah, can't take late. it back. It would be so Philadelphia for them to lose this game after having such a great game against one of the best teams in the league. And I'm, it's kind of like when they lost to the San Jose Sharks. We all knew it was happening. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the Blues also that. lost to the San Jose Sharks. So there you go. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. They were the second team to lose. Well, I mean, after Philadelphia, then they were the next team to lose to them. So, okay. well, I might as well leave it there. So uh, puck drop will be at 8 p.m. So if you're getting bored with the Eagles game, which probably will happen, watch some Flyers hockey tonight. I had a really fun time filling in for Rachel. I know she is on vacation. We'll be back on Tuesday, I believe. So I will be talking on Locked on Blues all about the game, and I'll probably be talking to Russ and Rachel about it the following day. So looking forward to that. One of my only times I get to wear my Flyers jersey while doing a Locked On podcast. So that was at least for that's me. True. Yeah, yeah I yep. threw this on proudly, the orange and black. Looks good. <laughs> so this was a fun episode today. Make sure to like and to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button down below if you're watching on YouTube. And 
I won't be back, but Russ will be back with Rachel. So make sure to tune in on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Flyers. Bye, guys.